Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Nikki Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's good, WNBA Nation? Kyle Haywood here, and I just wanted to hop on. I'm going to make a really quick episode today and basically talk about my mock draft 2.0. This will be my last iteration until my final mock draft um, just prior to the WNBA draft here uh, just in a couple weeks. I'm currently recording this on Saturday night, the 26th of March, so... A lot of uh, Elite Eight teams have just been locked in, and we're waiting to find out what teams are going to advance to the Final Four over the next couple days. So I've been able to watch a decent chunk of March. And the reason I'm making this Mock Draft 2.0 tonight is because on Monday is the deadline of when players need to declare if they are going into the draft unless they are playing in the Final Four. This coming Monday, the 28th of March is when uh, that decision needs to be made for these players. So outside of you know those couple teams that are going to be in the Final Four, everybody else needs to make the decision if they're going to declare it or not. And then I'm sure that we'll see quite a few players making those decisions. There are several players that right now have COVID years that they could declare uh, or come back to their school and be able to play another year. There's other players that might be looking to draft, uh, head to the draft early um, if they are eligible coming out of their junior year. So it's kind of an interesting, it's still an interesting um, group as far as being able to determine who really is going to be eligible for the 2022 draft class. So that being said, I'm going to just make some estimated guesses And then obviously I will do my final WNBA mock draft prior to uh, the draft itself when we have a more clear idea of who is and isn't declaring for the draft in 2022. So wanted to give that kind of a a heads up before I hop in and and give too many, um, you know, so so if this list looks a lot different between 2.0 and my final draft, my final mock draft, then then you kind of understand the reasons why. Um, the reason I'm making this is because I know that March can have a big impact on when 
players get drafted. And so far, with a vast majority of players actually being eliminated from the March Madness tournament, we kind of can take a reflective look back on how they performed, if they made the tournament at all, and if they exited early, um, and kind of just also look at other players that are maybe still in the tournament, but we can look at how have they performed so far. And, you know, that some of those players might only have, you know, one or two games left. Um, so, yeah, anyway, just wanted to give you all a heads up as to why I'm releasing this now. And I'll be releasing another one here probably within about two weeks to uh, to preview the actual draft itself. But let's hop right into things. Um, you can send all of your takes as far as where you think I got this wrong. You can send all of that to at WNBA Nation Pod or at Haywood underscore Kyle on Twitter. Uh, you can send it to me personally or to our show. Either one. Um, I, I often am uh, you know, looking on our show account as well as my personal account. Um, we all kind of monitor the show account. So I'll get it either way. Uh, send me a DM. Send me a direct tweet. Whatever. Just let me know what you think as far as my takes on these. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time actually on this episode simply because... Um, you know, it's, it, you guys have heard some of my, uh, my mock drafts in the past already. And so I'm just pretty much going to just update my rankings and let y'all know kind of where I'm sitting with, uh, with things currently as they, as they stand, uh, the night of the 26th. So right now, number one draft, uh, number one pick is still with Washington. I'm assuming that that's going to stay the case, uh, I haven't heard any rumblings of Washington trading that pick. It sounds like they probably have a good idea of who they will be taking. The top tier right now still is Ryan Howard and Alyssa Smith. It's going to come down to one of those two. And for me right now, I just think that with what Washington currently has on their roster and with the way that we saw in the SEC tournament play out, I really do think that Ryan Howard is going to stay the number one overall draft pick and Washington will be taking her first overall. Um, again, she's a six, two guard out of Kentucky. And I don't think that you're going to find many players with her combination of skill, speed, shooting, just basketball IQ overall and size is it, She's just a rare, rare uh, player. And I think that she is somebody who, may even do better in the WNBA than she did in college. And I'm excited to see what she can do with the Washington Mystics if they end up taking her number one overall, like I'm projecting. Uh, number two, Indiana has the pick at number two. And again, for the third time straight, I'm going to go with Nelissa Smith out of Baylor. Um, six foot four forward who is kind of just does everything. Um, I mentioned this before. She moves into space very well on offense. She's super efficient. She just, she does everything right. And not only that, but she's probably the best rebounder that we're going to see in this 2022 class. Now, I, I hesitated a lot with, uh, so I, I, we're moving on to the part where uh, those two players I do think are in kind of their own tier. I think that Washington is going to take one of those two players and Indiana is going to take the other one. And then it's really 
there's a lot of question marks moving forward for me after that. I really don't think that anybody else is going to break into those top two spots outside of Howard and Smith. Now, Shakira Austin got eliminated from the she got eliminated from the tournament early and was upset. Well, not upset, but Ole Miss lost first round. And so we didn't really see a ton of Shakira Austin in March. Um, they didn't go super deep in the SEC tournament either. I think there's a lot of question marks around Shakira Austin, but I think that she has a high ceiling. I think she's a high risk, high reward type of player. Um, and I think that she's got, she could be somebody very, very good if she gets developed properly. I don't think that she's ready to pop in and be a starter in an NBA, in the WNBA like franchise. However, Atlanta needs someone like Shakira Austin to pop in that, that they can afford to give her some playing time. Atlanta knows that they're not going to be battling for a WNBA title this year. It's just not in the cards. So why not bring in someone like Shakira Austin, who with the proper development really could become something uh, very, very strong for your team moving forward and you can afford to give her a lot of playing time because you're not going to be competing for a title this year. So Atlanta's a great fit. And for that reason alone, I didn't drop Shakira Austin, but less than impressive uh, month of March for uh, for Ole Miss in general and specifically Shakira Austin. So uh, moving on to number four, Dallas has their first pick of this round. And I am going to actually change things a little bit here. Um, my 1.0 draft actually had uh, Dallas taking Ashley Jones out of Iowa State. But I am actually going to move uh, Hillman out of Michigan up to this number four spot. Nas Hillman has been fantastic, and Michigan has made me kind of eat some crow as they've now... Uh, advanced, you know, quite a ways further than, than I anticipated. I thought that they were, you know, I, I just, I had, I didn't think that they were going to be consistent enough to, to make a, a deep run in March. And here they are. And Hillman is a huge part of the reason why um, she's kind of, I guess, shut me up a little bit as far as my early takes. And uh, so I think that it's, if I'm not willing to make adjustments, based on new information. I think that's, that's a little bit ridiculous. If I stick to a take that I had, you know, two months ago, three months ago, that's just not, that's not the way to be. And so I did go ahead and bump her up two spots, uh, from, uh, number six, uh, to number four. So Nas Hillman going to Dallas. Number five, uh, is actually, I'm going to keep the same player. I think, uh, Sika Kone, or Coney, uh, I apologize. I'm not positive. I've, I've watched several clips and I've heard her name pronounced different ways. I'm excited to see her drafted um, so that we can hopefully get just more content for her and be able to see um, the content. I've really tried to, to get into different videos and and clips and different things to, to watch more of her. And it's pretty hard to come by. So uh, I do think the Sika Kone is, is going to be ending up in New York because New York has a really solid starting rotation right now. And I think that she could come in and be kind of that uh, developmental expectation, kind of 
uh, similar to what we've seen some from some of our you know the younger European brought in players that we uh, that we've seen some, like an Awak queer that we saw last year uh, for Dallas. So that's where I see Kone. Um, number six, Dallas again has a pick, and I'm going to go ahead and say that they are going to bring in Destiny Henderson, who I had at number seven previous to this, and I've got Destiny Henderson going into Dallas. I think that she could provide some depth to a, a pretty strong backcourt in Dallas, and I think that she could come in and learn a lot from the players there. She she is a different type of guard than we currently see in Dallas, and so perhaps there's some uh, matchups or some specific uh, um, lineups that Destiny Henderson could really come in and do uh, a lot of a lot of good for the wing squad. Um, and I bumped her up. I had her at seven last mock draft, and I bumped her up to number six. Number seven pick is Indiana. Alyssa Kinane. Uh, Alisa Kinane is really has actually shown quite a bit of of what we wanted to see her to show in March. She's actually done a really solid job. Um, she dropped uh, she dropped thirteen and seven, and then she dropped thirteen and seven against uh, uh, the number sixteen seed. Then had actually a pretty rough game, but wasn't didn't play a lot against Kansas State. Kansas State, she wasn't really in the game a whole lot, and so they won that game by like thirty-two points or something like that. And so uh, she just didn't really play a lot, and so it's hard to it was hard to get a, a good grasp on things there. Now against Notre Dame, she had sixteen points, ten rebounds, snagged that double double, uh, went five for ten from the field, which is strong, and then went six for seven from the free throw line. Did miss a free throw in a game that was pretty clutch, and so. Uh, but overall, like strong line wasn't the strongest outing from her, but seeing this NC state team basically run the table through their conference tournament where she performed very well. And then so far hasn't had to do a lot in, uh, the first two games until Notre Dame showed up and then, you know, went 16 and 10, uh, shooting 50% from the field and six for seven from the line, like solid just solid to push her team forward into the elite eight and so uh i bumped her up one spot or excuse me i did but i bumped her up two spots i had her uh at number nine to la in my 1.0 here in my 2.0 i've got her up at uh, number seven going to indiana now number eight minnesota this is kind of an interesting one and and i'm i'm wondering how people are going to respond I've actually dropped Ashley Jones down to number eight. I know some of you who uh, maybe listened to my 1.0 before were wondering when I was going to get to Ashley Jones. I was pretty high on Ashley Jones, um, and I, I, I've i been pretty high on her for a little while. And it it really isn't like it, – it's nothing like super wrong <laughs> with with – you know anything that she's necessarily done? She had she dropped thirty three and thirteen in the championship, uh, Big Twelve championship semifinal against Texas, and then drops thirty six and fifteen. Went thir- had you know a thirty six fifteen game against UT Arlington, had twelve and ten against uh, Georgia, and then obviously in that loss to Creighton, she had fourteen and four. Um, but honestly. It's it's a lot of other elements to it. I just feel as though 
you know, some of the efficiency isn't there. I feel like her decision making on the court has been, you know, just iffy. And and I th- I think that some of the things that I was liking from what I was watching earlier in the season, um, and her aggressiveness and efficiency just just wasn't seeing a ton uh, over the last few games. And so, and it wasn't even so much that she was doing poorly, but that some other players stepped up and I saw some really good things out of some other players. And so I I did drop her down a few spots uh, to that number eight spot. However, I do think she's a great fit for Minnesota. I think that Minnesota is really solid um, and could use just more outside shooting threats, which she's perfect for. So if she does drop to eight, um, which I don't know if she really will. This is just my mock draft. I don't know if she's really going to drop to eight, but if she does, I think that Minnesota uh, would be wise to snag her um, at that number eight spot. Moving on to LA, this is another player that I bumped up a couple spots from my last draft, and uh, I'm actually really stoked to see uh, what to see what we we got out of Kirsten Bell in March and that early that early twelve five. Uh, matchup, uh, quote unquote upset. I don't, I don't know if I could, would call it an upset because I think FGCU was just criminally uh, uh, rated too low. <laughs> so at the at the twelve seed, um, so I bumped her up two spots. I thought that she had, she's had a great uh, March, um, had a really solid last few weeks of basketball. And although she's out of the tournament, I think that she showed she can play on a big stage and and still. Uh, put some good numbers up and and do a good job there. So I bumped her up from 11 to nine, uh, going to LA. Uh, Kirsten Bell, you know, out of uh, out of FGCU. My number 10 pick uh, again, Indiana. This would be their third pick from. Um, this would be their third pick from the first round, and. This player, uh, I, I basically bumped this player down a couple spots simply because we didn't see her play. And that's Veronica Burton out of Northwestern. Uh, you guys have listened to some of the most recent episodes. Know that I uh, I really, really wanted to, for somehow Northwestern to squeak into the, into the tournament. They obviously didn't and uh, called it a season. And so we didn't get a chance to see Veronica Burton in the March Madness tournament. However, uh, this don't take the fact that I dropped her to 10 um, as that, uh, you know, oh, she didn't play. So how could she how could she drop if she didn't play? It's literally other players have shown some really strong things this month. And so I got to just my gut instinct is, man, like Kirsten Bell bumped up, you know, Uh, Elisa Cunane bumped up, Destiny Henderson bumped up. Uh, but Veronica, Veronica Burton, we didn't see anything from, so I had to drop her just a little bit to make room for some of those other players. I've got her going to Indiana. I think that she, I think she easily could carve out a really strong role playing or, or a, as a role player uh, on a squad. And I think that Indiana's a a team that just needs talent, and Veronica Burton can kind of do a lot of different things on the basketball court. So um, I think she'd be a great fit there for the Fever. Now. As I've been watching uh, this March Madness, I feel like I gotta I gotta go back and probably find some forgiveness from Louisville because Louisville I probably have been a little bit low on Louisville and all they've done is go out and just shut me up. So um, for me, 
I'm actually bringing a newcomer into the first round uh, that I didn't have in my 1.0 pick, and that's Emily Anxler. She has played absolutely lights out basketball, and I think that uh, probably a lot of people are uh, have been doing the same thing that I have, and kind of you know have kind of been sleeping on not just Louisville but Emily as well. Emily's played some really good basketball this month. Uh, just let's just take a look at just the game log that she has from the NCAA tournament. She dropped 17 and seven with seven steals in the first round against Albany, but didn't play a ton because they were ahead by a bajillion points. Uh, went on and actually had a pretty close game against Gonzaga where she had uh, another double, double 12, 11, double, double with five steals and two blocks. So really, really strong there. She's shooting a, uh, a pretty decent percentage free throw wise until that matchup against Tennessee when things got a little bit suspect there. Um, but she dropped 20 and 10 again, three blocks, you know, went seven for 12 from the field and three for three from the, behind the arc. I think that Emily just does whatever needs to be done to get the win. She will do that. And I think that having that type of player that can defend, can pass, can shoot, can rebound, everything that she does, she's just a, a total Swiss Army knife. And I had her kind of in my mid, my mid second round, but I gotta say, uh, I, I'm changing my tune a little bit on Engsler, and so I'm I'm hoping to see. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty stoked on this and we'll see if so far the tournament's not done as of when I'm recording this for, uh, for the Louisville Cardinals. But you know, if she continues to turn heads and do well there, then I think that she really easily could be a first round matchup or a first round draft pick. Excuse me. Okay. My last but not least pick is the exact same one that I had last time. And that is Lexi Hull. And that's because I think Connecticut sees, uh, could see, that Lexi Hull is just a winner. I think that Lexi Hull might not necessarily check the box on a lot of your, uh, you know, kind of your performance indicators or your your metrics, your biometrics, and all the different things. But Lexi Hull, like effort wise, is is just absolutely insane. Um, she comes out and she's kind of just got that clutch gene, you know, that when a game's close and Stanford needs someone to just turn it on and just and take care of business. It's always Lexi Hole. Like it every single time she just goes off and can just uh you know the old N- NBA jam video games uh you know he, he's heating up, he's on fire. Like Lexi Hole hits that in, you know, she goes 0 to 60 in uh, at the snap of a finger. She's so so quickly can heat up and immediately drop, you know, eight straight points on you before you've blinked. And I think because of that, she could easily find a good spot in Connecticut. And I think that they would be a great landing spot for her. So anyway, that's where I've got my current 2.0 draft picks. I've got Ryan Howard, then Nelissa Smith, Shakira Austin at third, Nas Hillman at fourth, Sika Kone at five, Destiny Henderson at six, Elisa Kunane at seven, Ashley Jones at eight, Kirsten Bell at nine, Veronica Burton at 10, Emily Engsler at 11, and Lexi Holt at 12. Um, some of you also know that I have some other very strong potential first rounders that I really do think that any of these other five players could easily find their way into the 
uh, into the first round. Uh, and that's Ray Burrell, Lorella Kubai, Avina Westbrook, Kristen Williams, and Kayla Pointer. I think that a lot of teams will be very interested in those players as well. And I do think that um, after you after you kind of move on from Ryan Howard and Melissa Smith, that you know once you kind of drop out of that tier, that a lot of these players, a lot of these players, it's just what do certain teams prefer. Um, so that's where I've, I've got it right now. Um, also, I did this last time. Uh, so in case you missed my 1.0, uh, I will just really quickly run through my top prospects of the next few draft classes. 2023 is going to be the year of Aaliyah Boston. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. She's a generational talent that I think is going to have a major impact in the WNBA. And everybody's going to be just hoping to get that lottery pick for 2023. 2024 is a, a very top-heavy draft class, uh, at least as it sits right now. Uh, you've got players like Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, Haley Van Lith, and several others. Um, but I think Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers are going to be your one-two punch um, and not necessarily in that order. I don't know which order right now. I don't even know who I would take uh, you know, uh, as it stands right now. So those two obviously are going to be the story of 2024. I think 2025, however, has probably uh, another just top two that everybody needs to be paying attention to. And that's Anissa Morrow, uh, the double, double queen out of DePaul and Olivia miles, who has turned everybody's heads and absolutely, kind of brought back this Notre Dame program that has been struggling for the last few years. So Olivia Miles, uh, just it's it's crazy to watch her play, and especially here in March, um, and realize that she's only a freshman because uh, she does not play that way. So I'm excited to see uh, where each of these draft classes, you know, how those end up. Again, as I go ahead and sign off here, everybody, um, just a reminder, I will be releasing a new final mock draft when once we have a, a better idea of who will and won't be declaring for the draft. Once that all goes final, probably post final four, I'll be updating this. Obviously, as players make their decisions on Monday. But those players who are in the final four, if there's decisions to be made there, I will ha- create my last final mock draft and get that released uh, pretty quick after the final four and championship. So thank you for listening. Uh, we will be actually at the final four. So for those of you who are going to be there, or if any of you have been to Minneapolis and you want to give us some suggestions of things to go and do or places to eat, we're going to be there, um, you know, early, early in the morning, Friday, uh, we're actually flying in Thursday night, kind of middle of the night. And so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we will be there. We fly out uh, Monday afternoon. If you've got suggestions for things to go and do or places to eat, please hit us up. If you are going to be there, please hit us up. We would love to catch up with you and meet in person. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you all have a great March. Uh, and uh, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood, and we got you next time.